Hello, everyone. A very quick one from me. It would be a massive help to us with our ambition to help as many recruiters as possible achieve their goals and also inspire the next generation to choose recruitment as a career if you hit that follow and subscribe button. If you're someone that prefers to learn in a visual way, we've also recently invested a lot in our video podcast experience. So in the show notes, you'll always be able to find the link to watch the video on our YouTube channel and make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. Thank you so much for supporting the show and enjoy this week's episode. Eden, Jody, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. This is new. Obviously, we've got three, three of you guys with me today. We did a bit of prep so we don't shout over each other. But why I'm really excited for this, and Jody, obviously, it was your idea. I thought it was Eden's. But obviously, a lot of people think about starting their own recruitment business, maybe uh, too worried about taking the leap. Some people take the leap and it doesn't work out, but it can be really challenging. So, obviously, you guys are coming up to your first year milestone. So, in this episode in this conversation, we're just going to have a real deep dive in the first year in business and what we've learned, challenges, maybe what we do differently if we to rewind the clock and uh, yeah, just have a deep dive into that. So where I always like to start and Jody, I'm going to come to you first is I would just love to get your guys perspective on what you believe makes up a sort of highly successful recruitment consultant in today's market, if it's characteristics, traits, what are some of the things that you believe make up a, a successful consultant? Yeah, I mean, I think generally like the things like consistency I think consistency is probably the main one with accountability there's a ton of traits that you can look for but generally I think what an important part of it is actually the match because you sometimes see recruiters do terrible in one company move on um, and do you know Mm. really really hit the ground running so I think it's about the person that they're working with and being trained with as well I think that plays a key role in how successful someone can be so yeah having the same kind of not necessarily same personality but definitely the same kind of like values mm. so. no that's actually really interesting Eden what, what would you add to that what are some of the things that you think about when we think of characteristics and traits I think we touched on this before is the growth mindset aspect mm. I know a lot of people who watch this you know say that but I'm, I'm gonna have to follow suit but mm. someone who's constantly just trying to push themselves learn and understand and kind of be just a sponge of knowledge mm. that like, because it doesn't matter what level you get to, you always have something to learn. So, obviously, just echoing what you said, if you've got someone who's right for you to to learn from to and you that, want yeah. to learn with them, then I think that's probably one of the biggest things I would I'd say. Mark, anything to add? I know it's probably all been said, but anything to add? Uh, to be from fair, your perspective, I've, I've been asked this question so many times, mm. but I think um, somebody just takes responsibility for their their own actions. Mm. I think for me, that's probably the most important thing because you can own it know where you've gone wrong and start again um, and just you know take it on board and improve and and move forward really so I think that's one of the traits that I'd always Mm. you know look for. So let's unpack this first year then and obviously I've got a couple of questions that we want to go into I guess obviously where I wanted to start and Jodie I'm going to come to you on this first is like obviously when a lot of people start their own recruitment business I think the, the most common sentence will be like we're going to do things differently right so obviously you've all worked for uh, a few different brands in different environments. So I guess first question I'd love to get your perspective on, Jody, is like after working in those different environments, different companies with different people, how did you guys approach being different? That could be internally, externally, but when we think about you guys building a recruitment business that is different and you really delivering on that, what, what comes up for you and what was the thought process? Yeah, I think this is hard because there's so much competition out there. Externally, I think the the main thing, and it's, it's probably a change in my career from starting out and then becoming successful as a recruiter, was probably actually listening to what the problem was. And it's, it's kind of standard sales, really, listening to what challenges are out there and responding to that mm. and then recognising, is it something I can actually help with or do I just want to pick up a job because I need the KPI? So for us, what the... The angle or the, the the way that we approach external, as in picking up business, is by understanding what challenges people are facing, and and that can change. It certainly changed even between the gap where we say left recruitment, but we had a, a period of time where we couldn't uh, work or was had a gardening leave, for example. So um, yeah, we kind of see different challenges from that perspective of of what clients were were facing, um, and then how we respond to that and what sell back we we kind of give them from an internal perspective i think we've 
we've kind of seen what we personally feel or what I personally feel worked well and made me feel value as, valued as a recruiter mm. um, and also what doesn't. Um, and I think that's something that we want to do correctly and also going forward having like a feedback loop as we grow because, you know, as I say, things are going to change all the time. So getting people's perspective um, and hearing from them as opposed to being top down, I think that's one of the, the main things. What are some of the things, just on that quickly, because I think when you're in the thick of like building your own recruitment company, I think you can end up being the employer that you didn't want to become quite easily, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you yeah. hear like, you obviously say like, oh, I never want to be like my mum, and then you're like, fuck, I'm actually <laughs> like my mum, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, we're not trying to like name people or anything like that, but like, what what are some of the things that you experienced that maybe made you feel like disgruntled, didn't feel valued? I'd just be interested to hear that some of that because sometimes I think these things can be missed. So, what what are some of the things you experienced that looking back, you're like, you know what, that if they maybe changed that or didn't do those things, I could have probably been even more engaged with work. What are some of the things that maybe you didn't feel valued? So, moving milestones, I guess, is one. Um, moving the goalposts. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's one. I think. You know, there needs to be balance and people need to be clear on what expectations are before you, you know, start. And also having consistency in that because I've had sort of several managers and, and it sort of changes and that plays a part in it, I guess. Yeah. I think it's the, the awareness of the, like the high performing team around you. Okay. I think that plays a big part in, in that side. You know, having people that want to genuinely push each other and, and you know, are able to support each other, not put each other down. Right, yeah. Aspect. So actually, like, all rise together, all yeah. like celebrate each other's wins. But rather across than... the whole company, not just your specific team, but across the yeah. whole business. And I think the fact that we're mindful of that, you know, we're talking about obviously how we've been trying to be different internal because we've been in that, that mm. environment before and we're mindful of it. Just having that, that conscious awareness that, okay, as we grow or even with the, the team we have now, mm. let's try to avoid that as much as we can. Okay. So let's just frame this up for people then. So Eden, what were the, what were like when you when you guys first thought about first year in business? Mm -hmm. What were the major milestones or goals? Because oh. I know we can talk <laughs> about how they've changed and maybe sort of underplayed what you could achieve. But yeah. just t talk us through what the initial goals were, and then we'll just talk a bit about um, where hopefully you're looking to end up and what you're on track to do, and then we'll unpack. This is, this is going to go against what Joe just said about changing goalposts because <laughs> we did. So I think we, we were kind of always told, especially at the beginning, like, don't expect too much. You know, don't, mm. don't worry about, you know, if you're not making money, just like basically do the bare minimum just to get by essentially. That's yeah. like going with that mentality, which we all kind of got a bit, you know, a bit weird about. Mm. But we kind of was very reserved on, on what our targets would be, which blew them out the water quite quickly and obviously adjusted. But I think it was that first year going into a new market with no branding behind you going into you know we couldn't go back to old clients mm. um, for a period of time so we had to be a bit more savvy in what we we're doing and i think for us it was just fine we need to keep the lights on you know, we had to pay our bills that was your favorite phrase for about <laughs> two months I still, I still, that's, all, that's all i heard yeah. yeah anyone else how's it going well the lights are still on <laughs> it's, it's a good sign yeah. but i think it's just about having you know for us it was just about making sure we get to the end of the first year mm. with a decent enough client base that we can look and start building upon. Expanding on, yeah. Yeah, because we have all these audacious goals and, and ideas, but when you have nothing in the bank really at the beginning and you just have an idea, you need money behind you and capital behind you to make mm. those ideas come forward. So I think that first year for us was about us three getting settled in. You know, we, we're in a you know, position where we've hired people mm. and now we can start the second year with enough money in the bank to actually really look forward and and start growing yeah. properly. So let's just get those goals then. What are, what are the billing goals? So actually, the, when you first write it down. The very first one, I think. So we went on, correct me if I'm wrong, it was 300 NFI, right? Yeah. So that was money in the bank. Yeah. So what we're on now is, I think you guys had the last numbers. Yeah, we're close to our target. <laughs> close <laughs> to our new target. Anyway. Our new what, target what's the new target? A million. Okay. Profit. Profit. Yeah. So we're, we're 11, we've got 10 months. Months, we've got six weeks. weeks to go, yeah. Six weeks to go, so we should hopefully. But your initial target was 300, yeah, getting close to a million. Okay, cool. What about did you have any head count goals in the original plan, or was it just like no, you three? It yeah, it was just us three, okay. And you've got a person, one other person, so we've got now, two now. So two we've now. got um, our first hire was in January, okay. so she was um, she's our business support officer, she doesn't do recruitment, she does, yeah. Everything else that we would need need from someone. Sure. Um, and our first recruitment delivery mm. partner came on in April, I believe. Um, and yeah, she's, she's 
And then what about, did you have any, like you said, obviously, yeah, trying to obviously build enough of a client base that you can then expand on second year. What were the, the initial client goals? Did you have like sign terms with X number of clients in the first year? Did you have no, any guys around that? I don't think we kind of went as, as deep as that. I think because we were all quite aware of, of our ability to recruit, yeah. I think getting stuck into very specifics at the very beginning saying, okay, Mark, you need to do 10 client sign-ons. We, we had... We had discussions about yeah, how much you want to do each month. Rough guide, yeah. It never really kind of stuck because it's you do get stuck in the job. Yeah. But also having those goals kind of then it becomes a goal for a sake of a goal. Mm. And you have too many of the goals going on, you kind of just lose your way. So I think mm. it was just keep it as simple as possible. That's the money. Yeah. How we make it, how we get there. Yes, yeah, so you just had the monetary goals. Yeah. Okay. As Mark would say, if we can't do that, we might as well give up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay, cool. Love that. Thanks for sharing that. So I guess Eden, if I come back to you then really quickly, mm-hmm. so thinking, again, thinking about the beginning, like what was, like you said, couldn't go to some of the um, clients that you worked with in the past, mm-hmm. like what was the go-to-market strategy? Like just talk us through a yeah. bit, that. what was the game plan? What was the approach to take people from having no fucking clue about your company, not just being seen as another recruitment company, like talk, talk us through like the go-to-market strategy, what that looked like? Yeah, so I had to do it for the first three months by myself, which was tough. I think we were having conversations with these two, they could see it wasn't an easy ride for me because everything's on your shoulders, you, you know, the, the clock's ticking. Mm. Until you get money in the bank, the clock is ticking. So because we couldn't go back to old clients, we couldn't leverage relationships, I basically thought back what made me successful pre-leaving the former company, but even before that, because when I left, I had repeat clients, I had good relationships. So going all the way back to the beginning, that first first year or two of recruitment, what made me successful then? And then kind of going back to the very, very basics. And for us, or for me, it was really about what do the clients truly want? They want quality-led approach. So just give them exactly what they're asking for in the job uh, descriptions online and try and build those connections that way. Mm. So don't get fancy. Don't have to uh, do all the marketing stuff, things like that, because you know we didn't have the time for it. Mm. It was just very clear. Put the right product in front of them. Make it compelling enough. Start the conversation. And then back to what Jody saying was, was all conscious from the beginning having that awareness of if we're right for you, it will work. If we're not the right agency because of X, Y, and Z, it's not going Mm. to. So then going into the next three months, because when they could join, I think we all sat down and realized if you could go back, i.e. myself, to the beginning, knowing now what you know, what would you do? And that's when we introduced uh, our client matrix. Okay. So we we sat down, so when these two could, could basically hopefully hit the ground running straight away as well, sat down and worked out list of criteria, 15 things. This is what makes a perfect client. And we graded them. And it basically spews out, you know, whether or not we should oh, work wow. with that customer or not. And we're quite honest with the clients. We'll sit with them on a, on a briefing call and say, look, you're, lo- you're ranked very low. You know, realistically, for, you, for us to engage with you, we need to see this percentage or we need to see this money, amount of money up front. So we're very upfront with them. You know, some clients like it, some don't. But that's an, an awareness, again, you know, from the beginning that we're a partnership between mm. client and, and us. And if they don't want that level of, of partnership, then we're not the right agency mm. for them. And it also means we just don't work, you know, as, as many roles, but they're better qualified. Also, it's not to say that, you know, everyone needs to, to score high. It can be. There's factors in there that's like these are maybe they're what we would call a B client, but essentially we're then working on the, the areas to make them an A client. So if their mm. process is really long, that's something we can then consult them on and advise them on why and what the, the comparisons are using data to back it up to say this is X clients are making this amount of hires in this time frame. You're not, and we be- believe it's because of this. So it's kind of like a way of us recognising what we need to consult on as well. It's not to say that no, yeah, if I you're not that. hitting the mark, we won't work with you. Yeah, it's, it's not it's a, fixed. Yeah, yeah, there is fluidity to it. No, I love that. And then... Mark, would you mind sharing some of those? Because I think that'd be really useful for people. Because I think, obviously, as you learn early on, right, you're talking about those, those early times, like what you're really good at early on is like working on shit jobs, basically, and just save, <laughs> wasting your time, Pretty do you much. know what I mean? So obviously what you've done really well there is you're trying to obviously only work and put your time in, which is the most valuable thing that you have, in, especially in those early days, you're trying to get to that first placement, these things that you're working with committed clients, that you know that if you do get the right people in front of them, that there's a good chance that it's gonna be a smooth process mm. and it's gonna be a partnership, you said. So I think this would be helpful for people. So Mark, let me ask you then, so I love that point there, what you're saying, Joe, it's not, it's not just for us, it's like, hey, look, this is where you're at, but these are some of the things that we can maybe help you improve on so we could actually have an even better partnership. Mm. But what are some of the other factors, important factors, Mark, on that? Because I think that'd be really helpful for people on the client matrix, things that you look for. 
This podcast is proudly partnered with the award-winning Sourcebreaker. Now, I think it's safe to say that right now the market is crazy. Continue to hear people saying, never seen the market like it. And I continue to speak to recruiters who are inundated with jobs, which is why I'm not surprised that the number one word that I'm always hearing at the moment is automation. And if you're looking at how you can enable your teams to spend more time on what they're brilliant at, building relationships, speaking to people, then you need to look at Sourcebreaker. It's helped countless recruitment companies scale more quickly, enable their younger recruits and their rookies to get better more quickly and automate a whole lot of the the work that a lot of recruiters are probably not so good at and the work that, that maybe they don't enjoy as much. Because you listen to this podcast, you're going to be able to get an exclusive discount on the Sourcebreaker product. So if you have not already, get a demo booked in with Sourcebreaker. Use the link in the show notes. You will not regret it. If you're thinking about that word automation in 2022, you need to consider Sourcebreaker. Yeah, there's a few things like in terms of like commitment. I think a lot of the the scoring is all to do with commitment from both ends you know how many agencies do we have signed terms uh, interview process how long does it take to interview even to like salary expectations so i think they're all based on giving you know initial feedback to say one can we add value yeah if the salaries are too low for the market then why should we take it on we mm. can't you know there's no point taking on a role if we can't place it i think that's the that was the common trend mm. throughout and everything come back to time as well you know we would always we would always say to any client you know we'll only take you your project on or the client on if we can uh, actually actually believe that we can we can, we it, can yeah. place it yeah okay so back to the beginning then Eden because you was on your own for a bit what mm-hmm. was the thought process behind tech stack talk <laughs> us through that my my of my life my um, of your life yeah talk <laughs> us through like what was the initial thought process of like this is what we need as a minimum yep. to get going. Because I think you can get quite lost in this, can't you? Yeah, like, well, there's I'm, always new shiny things. I'm the most tech savvy on <laughs> we the team. Get lost in it. <laughs> yeah, you do struggle that whenever we whenever we've spoken, yeah. you feel I'm tech like, savvy, but I'm not. That's the that's the really? issue. So it's like the blind leading the blind on this one. Okay. So, so um, CRM system, telephone system and website. That's that, what you wanted. That was easy as anything. We we kind of all had a very clear idea what we wanted, found a couple of partners, trialed them, mm. and it was very, very quick but it was the actual systems that we used internally because obviously we set up different times. So I got a laptop, mm. I got, I, then you obviously bought Microsoft Word and all that stuff, but I bought them a personal account. Right. And then these two did the exact same thing and then trying to merge personal accounts to business accounts and then trying to get us all on a, onto a share drive was just a headache. Really? But we didn't also explore Google Cloud, which I know, I know you use for a period of time. Um, so we didn't explore different areas, we kind of just went to what we knew. Mm. And what you've used previously. Yeah, and going looking back now, and it might even still be an option, I might revert to a different system like Google Cloud, for example. But yeah. for now, we're set up with Microsoft, but there's, there's good and bad for both, but need to have a shared drive, if, obviously, if we have more, more than one person, but yeah. the, the telephones, the CRM system, and, and the website was... Like minimum. Yeah, and obviously LinkedIn, everyone, but that takes like two days to get set up. Yeah. Did you try and really ne- negotiate cheap deals or anything? Like, I don't know, how, what was the... I mean, How much budget do you that, put that's, that's going to be a conversation. Really? For Jody. What? Yeah. What, Jody, Jody gonna... was, was very good at saving yeah. any oh, what, cost. Queen supplier <laughs> discount. Like for, any for they always say I want something for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you really? Yeah. They Love did that. on the call from Jody. What, so what, 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 what worked then, Jody? Because people listen to this can try and get better um, deals end of the month contacting them at the end of the month nice. we're, mm. we're the same you know deals, deals to be closed getting comparisons and yeah I guess just just going backwards and forwards with them a few times spending that little bit of extra time and not, not taking the mm. first, first very price, persistent really. letting them sweat a little bit <laughs> you know, not just taking the first one and letting them realise oh shit they might go somewhere else Love and that. That, that helped but the end of the month helped massively especially with our telephone system so on, on just on this subject I get a lot of messages from sort of early stage founders, what what was the approach on terms? Did that sort for, of like just like I'll get a lot of messages saying like, do you have any like term templates and stuff like that? Because I think sometimes that can oh. like really confuse people. So your actual terms of business, how yeah. do you get that sorted? Well, we're quite lucky because we have quite a lot of friends in different companies that founded okay. their own businesses. So I think we used what we knew in general. Because mm. we both, what well, say both, all three of us had an awareness of what terms should look like. Yeah. And then working 
with what we kind of knew, with what other people showed us, and then speaking to obviously actual legal advice about. So you did get some legal advice. Yeah, I think we took, especially for you, like especially the contracts interims, they was like quite complex, especially mm. the compliance and things like that. So mm. they was hours and hours of of work and proofreading, and I was probably the worst person to proofread because really? Joe used to go. Mark, have you read it yet? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Like, have you read it yet? And I'll see like 32 pages. I'm like, oh, wow. I, I need to push it back to another week. But mm. that took a lot of time and effort and actually going through to make sure we was I think was as well, with like coming from contracts recruitment, you're always getting frameworks to be reviewed from, yeah. from client frameworks. So having that kind of understanding helps then... Yeah, that you was know, seeing that and I think that maybe you know if other recruiters are looking at doing their own thing that would help if they're reviewing client terms themselves rather than passing that over to their their manager right to, do that. yes, to get that exposure yeah. could you yeah. know roughly what sort of terms should go in there it's just the wording how do you put it into a, mm. a legally binding contract we don't screw yourself over that's obviously what we needed the advice for but the, the standard things that just put yourself in the mind of what would a client want to know and also because we're reviewing contracts of other companies as suppliers to us again it's, it's a very similar well. thing yeah. you just have to write it back to yourself and i think we was quite well equipped on the, like the permanent side like leading yeah. like the teams um over the last like six years like it, you've you've reviewed so, so many, many contracts yeah. and you know, so many questions and queries have come up you sort of you see it reworded slightly different and you sort of mm. understand what it means and why it's in there uh, I think that was quite key, but the contract side was definitely a lot more complex. Um, so I'd get some advice on that if, if anyone's mm. asking. The difficult one, I think, was actually the internal employee contract. Really? Oh, for, yeah. for, that for was quite complicated. Yeah. Because obviously we'd never had to do that. Because mm. when you hired someone in a previous company, you just send the contract mm. out, you don't pay attention to it. So then it's like putting a mindset in, okay, what do we want to put into that contract for us? As an employer so like and protect for them. Us, yeah, and Precisely. Protect them, yeah. So that one was a, was a little bit Would more that take difficult. a bit of time? Yeah, and we didn't really give ourselves too much time to, to yeah. really do it because <laughs> the person hired could start quite quickly and it was just all of a sudden like, yeah, was like, okay, okay so we need to go. On this then, what I also want to ask, uh, I don't know who'd be the best person to ask, but what about, I also get a lot of messages around like, I think what sometimes people don't realise, because ha I've had so many of these conversations where like, when you're an employee, you close a deal and you write on the board, bang the gong, whatever, and you're like, yep, I know what commission I'm getting, deal done. <laughs> when you're a business owner... That means fuck all. <laughs> These invoices have got to get paid before. So like I've spoke to so many people where like, yeah, like obviously they've got invoices out, then they're not getting paid until 60 days or other, like that's, that can be really difficult. Mm. What's been your journey with that? Good, I would say. Is it you've had people paying on time. Is that on your matrix? Yeah, difficult to put on a matrix because mm. you don't know. They could say, yeah, of course we will, but you never really know. Payment terms is on there. I think, yeah, it, yeah payment dates. So I think it's like, if they pay within 14 days. An invoice on um, signed. That's the one that's really? So yeah. I think we've only got two clients so far that we raise on when the candidate starts, which is a big deal for us because most of our candidates start three months after we yeah. hire Yeah, them. so the, you've got time. Oh, so, yeah. you, so you invoice on signed contract. Yeah. How has that been received? Has that been, well, is that, yeah, yeah, very, well. very, very yeah. few rebuttals with it. I think it's if you're confident going into it. Like if you sound like you don't really know what you're talking about, or you mm. shouldn't be asking this question, they'll always come then. back. But if you're stern, it's like, it's one of those, one of the questions, obviously non-negotiables, that sort of stuff. Of course we can for the right client discuss it, but mostly it's... it's and then what, what's like the agreement if then like they accept a counter offer or it doesn't go through, is They're it just like full would, refund? Yeah, or? Yeah. 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 Won't keep the money if we don't. Yeah. So nice, so you haven't, because I think sometimes I spoke to a lot of early stage founders where like, obviously amongst all the other stuff, they found themselves just chasing a load of invoices and all that, and that's just really stressful. So yeah, that's we, been pretty been okay. We haven't had that. And I think we've got a pretty simple process of we have an invoice invoice tracker. Um, we do a deal. We put the information on. They send me a calendar invite. And as soon as that date comes, as long as I, I'm pretty much aware of it, and we just chase that day and make yeah. sure. I think we're transitioning that because we're getting more contracts and interims mm -hmm. coming in, and the invoices are getting... More of them, essentially, yeah. we're getting Vicky to, to really take reins of that and make sure we're on top of mm. getting paid. Um, but we've actually That's touched been all right, with yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. So how long, again, just I guess to the beginning part then, how long did it take you to do your first deal? Just under two months. Okay. Um, but 
we should have done one sooner. So, <laughs> really? So two, uh, just under two months to actually get one sorted. But prior to that, we had two offers that accepted counter offers, oh. which um, that was a real tough pill to swallow because pre-closing, but they count, the other companies coming were just stupid counter offers. There's nothing we could do. Mm. And then one where the counter accepted, but then the company closed. So in, in the f- two months, we had four opportunities. To wait, 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 we'll say that again. So the, com- the company made an offer, mm. he accepted, and then two, a week later, they basically shut the doors and said, we're firing everyone. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was, a, again, nothing we could do. But I think at that point, because I'm sitting there stressed beyond belief, thinking I need to make a deal, I need to make a deal. Yeah. I think it was like, you two sit me down going, well, you're clearly doing something right. Yeah. It's working, just keep plugging away. Like, we're getting back to it because mm. you're getting there just through luck. It just yeah. didn't happen. I think just on that really quickly, I think what would be really helpful for people, I'm always curious, like, when you are in those moments or on that journey, what are the things that you're, like, keeping a close eye on that, gives you confidence that you're doing the right things. Because I think mm. that, that can be quite hard to see, isn't it? Because you, you want to get the end result of that placement and get, get that first milestone. Yeah. But what are the things that you keep in top of mind daily, weekly, that you're like, right, if I keep doing this, then I, I feel confident that I know it's going to pay off and I'm doing the right thing? I think I'm quite big on, on feedback loops. And obviously I think as a business, we'll, we'll be that way inclined. We do it with our clients all the time. So I don't think there's one particular activity or thing. Mm. I think it's a constantly having an awareness of the client. This is what we're doing and being very transparent. This is what we've done for you so far. Do you need us to pivot the search? Do we need to change something? As long as the feedback's coming in from them as you know, the candidates are good, like mm. keep, keep going all the, you know, the, when we're sending candidates to jobs, they're happy as well. I think that's the biggest indicator that we're on the right tracks. Mm. Um, so I don't think there's a, a specific activity to say, okay, you, you're doing it other than does that candidate get that job or do they move through that process? Mm. And just being, you know. I think we also like um, every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, we'll have like a um, meeting just between all of us to kind of highlight what's going on on our desk and mm. what, what's going right, what's going, even outside of our desk to be fair. But it's kind of a chance for us to call each other out and just say like, well, have you done this? Have you done that? Have you checked? Because yeah. even each other though- accountable. Yeah, even though we, we've, we've all done it for a while, it's very easy to, yeah, lost. I guess get, get stuck into it without actually, yeah, making sure that you've done every step. So it's kind of, um, I think that's probably a key part as well, having, having sound soppy, but having each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna, that was going to be my next thing. Like, when, because we were just speaking a bit about when you was on your own for the first part. And I know I asked you this before, but I'm always curious. Like, how, how did you guys, maybe Mark, you can start this off, mm. but like, when obviously it was them three of you, like, what was we doing or what did we, did you quick, did you guys quickly learn what you was all better at at certain things? beyond like billing and beyond being a recruiter how did you work that out so we actually we actually worked that out by a complete saying what do you think you'd be good at before we even just asking a direct question yeah and we broke it down into marketing hr and and finance because we thought there were three parts hr finance and we thought there were three parts that we we need someone to just take reins off yeah did we know we was good at it no we just say right Eden when I do marketing I said okay I'll do finance and Joe was like Joe you got stuck well, with it. I, I, I do really. yeah so really we we didn't know who was strong at, at what and I think we've been learning like these not to say like I'm the best at finance because I Jody helps me Eden helps me yeah Jody helps but like you but you're you that's you're, my responsibility, responsibility yeah. yeah if it goes wrong like for example pension schemes at the moment or the last month has been like the bane in my life really trying to work out how to create pension schemes and mm. just learn and listen to videos but that's my responsibility and it's yeah. my stress marketing has been his stress mm. contract hr stuff has been jody's stress so we're still not at that point where i don't think we go right that is yeah that is maybe you've all had honest conversation of like right this is maybe what i'm good at and then as you said it's then being willing to hold each other accountable yeah rather yeah. than i think i spoke to a lot of people where maybe they didn't have that honest conversation and you're all trying to do a bit of marketing hr finance step on each other's toes and then that's when it can it get difficult confusing like mm. i know for a fact with, with like the marketing stuff i'm definitely not specialist at it mm. and i'll always take on on their opinions but same thing with mark like we're, we're never going to be a cmo or a cfo yeah it's not perfect it's just mm. it, if it works let's not just let's just go with it for a moment and yeah. we're tweaking stuff all the time that's the, the thing like the finance stuff mm. like the invoice trackers where what we started with and what we've got now is is slightly different and as long as it's not broken so far then we, we we're sticking with it and just taking on little tweaks and advice from each other okay so i want to definitely touch on like 
uh, how you approach hiring internally and what that, that was like. But really quickly, I want to ask all of you. I definitely want to, we've kept it quite positive so far. I want to definitely get some of these challenges, right? But <laughs> like, what do we, uh, and feel free any of you to like sort of start, but like, obviously we said about your goals initially and what you're on track to do. Like I know them, obviously, I want to give you guys as much credit as possible. Obviously the market's crazy, right? In terms of everyone saying how well they're doing all these things. But like, what do we think are some of the principles, things that you've done, fundamentals that you've done that really enabled you guys to build traction and like really over exceed initial expectations of yourself? Like what are some of the things you guys think you've done really well to build traction? This podcast is proudly partnered with Vincere. Now, you should know by now that they are on the quest and their vision and mission is to be and become the operating system for growing recruitment companies. Well, you may or may not have seen, but I'm here to tell you that they've recently added another fantastic piece of kit to their overall amazing system. It's called Vineo. You can probably guess what it is. A lot of you, and for the last two or so years, have probably accelerated your use of video. So having a tool which is seamlessly in your uh, CRM, what you use every day to prospect candidates, prospect clients, to use video in, in your interview process, is just going to make your life a whole lot easier. So just another amazing reason why you need to check out Vincere if you're looking for an all-in-one platform, the operating system that you need as you scale your recruitment business, then you have to consider Vincere. Use the link in the show notes. Because you're a recruitment mentors listener, you will get an exclusive discount and price. So use that link and you will not regret it. Having the business, and because obviously our perspective of recruitment is going to be different for someone who's employed now yeah every deal matters so much more mm. and i think knowing that it allows us to give a better service i think this is the best recruitment i've personally ever done not because there's loads of opportunity there is but because i know every single deal counts more so than ever mm, that's interesting. and taking a step back and thinking okay you know is it worth my time or is that kind of truly going to take that job and advising the client you want him or her but they don't want you so that, let's just not waste our time. Let's just mm. go, go separate ways with it. And not just putting KPIs on for the sake of it, but making sure for a fact that everything we're working is as close to either we're filling it or the job's coming off because the candidate, the, the company filled it mm. internally and that's it for me. For me that's very interesting. So like, there's just, yeah, you're, you're right. So when it's become your own business, you that extra bit of so pride. Much, so much 10, more 50, conscious yeah. of it because yeah. it's not a thousand pounds in your back pocket per deal. It's 15 grand. Yeah. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, like that's going to hurt so, so much more if that needs to come on. Mm. And I think, you know, crazy enough that it's like three heads in one. Mm. You know, we have, we go for walks for like 45 minutes and all we're talking about is how we can work out how to close one person's candidate. And we're going for that. all these different scenarios. They might not even be true, but we're thinking, what are they thinking? Are they doing this? Are we do and we're all adding Paranoia value. Paranoia kicks in. Yeah, and, and to be honest, it's attention to detail for me, working with these two as a, as a free, mm. we come up with a solution at the end. There's always a problem like, well, they've got this or they've got that. And we just sit, we just go for that or have a walk or a chat. And then all of a sudden we, right, I've got it. That's, and you go back says, to the office and the person just says, yeah, I'm accepted. <laughs> yeah, when and the solution was never needed. <laughs> 45 minutes for no reason. But you, at least we've gone through the motion of thinking, okay, what every yeah. side, what could go wrong in case it does, and then we're prepared for it as much as we can. Yeah, so I know, I know we, you said before, but you feel like you've really been like really grateful that it's all you three on this journey, isn't it? That's massively helped. So I guess, Jodie, let me come to you first then. What have been some of your biggest challenges so far on this journey? What would you say? <laughs> it's funny you should ask, because when we were talking, we talking about this beforehand, and I was like, I don't feel like there has been challenges. And then he was like, you can't, that just, you just come across arrogant. And I was like, but I... It's not that there's not been challenges. There's been things that we didn't know, but mm. I've always felt that we would be able to work it out. And we, we have. It's, it's actually, I think I maybe worked it up more in my head. I thought it was going to be harder than it actually and is. And it's turned out, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for anyone that is... Also, I think we were maybe in a position where we were ready to do it. Yeah. Like, for me personally, I sort of kind of stopped learning as much as I'd want to and... You're saying about the deals, like the deals would, you'd be happy that they happen, but 
the numbness of someone not accepting your offer just kind of yeah you, you get used to it so I think for me I was kind of ready for a new challenge so maybe yeah I think maybe I, I sounds underplayed but I think anyone that's in that position where they feel like they needed something to, to learn again mm. just go for it because it's not as bad as you kind of think okay at least that's what I found so what, let me ask this in a different way then. This is one of the questions that I got, which I think is sometimes, sometimes often missed. We're talking about work stuff here. What about, so Mark, let me come to you first on this. What about, what has the stress of being in a startup, you guys wanting to achieve, putting pressure on yourself, how has that affected your personal relationships? It's funny, expectations is like, once they started to gather pace, that's all you could think about, right? So at the start, where we had minimal, say, right, well, all we all we got to do is keep the lights on. For example, yeah. there was no no pressure or no stress. Uh, and then once your expectations grow and they keep growing, we keep moving the goalposts. I think that pressure started to to mount. And each me and Eden, Jody don't feel the pressure as much as me and Eden for some reason. <laughs> but me and Eden early in, in the month we start uh, we're a bit we're a bit flappy. edgy, a bit flappy, like yeah. oh we're not gonna. And then all of a sudden we get to the middle of the month we laugh about in a week and. <laughs> It's happening again. We're getting to the middle yeah. and we're starting to It's the relax. unfortunate cycle of our, of our months at the moment. But, yeah, but I do try and break work. And although we speak all weekend on yeah. a group chat about deals, <laughs> I do try and switch off on a on a Friday like evening and then come back on Sunday Sunday night. Although I do feel guilty, to, I said to these two in a week, when I have a couple of days off, I feel that guilt because really? they're in the office. I went to a wedding last week, come back and I was like, oh my God, I've let them down. I've gone away for a couple of days. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get away from that guilty feeling yet mm. until I feel we have employees and people running our business for us, mm. alongside us. I feel that pressure and mm. you know just letting them down, not just being in the office, is, is there and and that's okay, real. So, yeah. <laughs> what about you? What about you then, Eden? Personal oh. relationships. Obviously, you're soon to be a dad. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be a new new part of the equation in your life. Yeah, that's uh, timed perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so, any how's the expectation stresses of building this affected if at all your personal relationship? I'm really really fortunate. So my other half does recruitment. Oh wow! Okay. So I'm super lucky. She knows. The stress, you know, the pressure of checking your phone at nine o'clock at night thinking, mm. why the hell is this candidate not responding to me? So I'm really, really lucky in the fact that I can talk through some of the problems I'm having and she also then can give me her perspective. So it hasn't really had too much, too much issues. Certainly I do feel going into the next chapter of obviously the birth of my child, yeah. that's going to be different. And sure. that's, I have no idea how that's going to handle because obviously she's going to want me home more. And I'm going to, because I also value being in the office and I understand completely what you're saying about feeling guilty, guilty about yeah. taking that time off. That would have to be a question I'd have to revisit because at the moment, personally, for the last year, it's I've had no, been no real issues. I've been able to switch off when I wanted to. And mm. Let's talk a bit about hiring then. So one of the questions that I got, which I think is a really interesting one. So if you think about your initial goals, you didn't have any head, ha head count goals on there. So one of the questions that I got, and obviously you've hired two people now, like how do you know when you're ready to hire another recruiter, another employee? Like I think people are interested in like the financials you think about, the runway that you give yourselves to make sure you're not stressing or that person's salary doesn't give a huge stress on the business. How did we approach that? Like, how did you sort of know that or feel confident that you could sustain a new employee and a, a, a salary for someone? Um, I think with the very first hire, it wasn't a recruiter. Um, so she's the business support officer. And I think with her, it was quite easy. We already knew her. She wanted a super flexible environment. She, like, she's got children. So she basically just wanted a place where she can work part time, but she doesn't want to recruit. Yeah. But she knew, knew recruitment. And it just that worked perfectly in the sense of the salary, because it's only part time, it wasn't a huge... Mm. Uh, factor for it with the with obviously our, our delivery partner I guess that's a different story because obviously that is a salary person with a commission structure that mm -hmm. we have to factor in I think it's just being aware that obviously we need obviously to be able to pay her for a period of time we need to keep the business afloat for a period of time we are I guess we're very cautious but Jody created a like a very particular budget plan and I mean nice. to a T where we went through everything is on this Excel where we know our ins and outs to a penny. Um, <laughs> but it helped us just understand, right, we've got nine to 12. We actually try and have nine to 12 month runway nine at least. Month runway, like yeah, we, for a new human being. I think we said before, like the, the pressure, we don't have that pressure now, but when we started that pressure of the runway, yeah. if you have a sh too short of a runway, I think that would disrupt yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, more and we didn't want to bring someone on 
knowing that we can't offer them a long-term yeah. career. It's unfair, you know, isn't it? One, it's bad. You ruin your whole reputation, bringing your first yeah. person on, and then going, "Oh, sorry, we actually haven't got enough money for the next couple of months." Mm. So we was very cautious, I think. And I think in terms of how you think about moving forward. What's the runway? Are you going to give yourself the same time period if you're to get another so. delivery partner? Yeah, I think, I think it makes our more budget now is, is it two years we've got now yeah. runway? Yeah, so we, yeah, yeah. to keep the business with, just as we are, we've got about two years. Two left. years, yeah. I think moving moving's the next priority in uh, October, let Eden settle in as a dad, and then it's time to really hopefully start scaling up. Yeah. And that is the plan of action, I, I guess. But that budget plan that you've created, that yeah. actually answers the question, how do you know? plug the numbers yeah. in, it will tell us. Yeah, exactly. That, that factors in every benefit that we would give that person, even down to... Like so you know exactly the cost of the business, which, yeah. Is, yeah, which even, sometimes you miss something. commission, taxes and everything, yeah. and it was, it was really So really on, on that then, quickly, I know you were going to say something, Jody, but the other question I had, and you can factor in what we're talking about, how did you guys approach commission structures? How much did you wait to salary out of interest? Because people are curious, because we've all experienced different things, right? Mm. So how did, I'll come to you, Jen, on that. How, how did you guys approach that in terms of the commission um, opportunity for the, your hires? And then also, how much did you wait to the salary? Yeah, so I mean, Eden's probably better to answer this one because he, he created a, um, like a framework of um, essentially each, yeah, each step, like a, a progression plan for every level that we, we hire. And because we, we, we wanted to start the business knowing that the people that we bring in, we've got a future for them because mm. at the end of the day, we don't have, we don't have the, the holiday incentives at the moment. We don't have some of the, the benefits the that other things. Yeah, competitors can offer. So what are they joining? They're joining us as people and... Um, a future, a career with us. So that was something that, yeah, Eden put together in terms of like salary bandings. We all kind of discussed, you know, what we would see as a, a fair salary in com comparison. And then we factored in percentages based on, yeah, like a commission structure that we was used to, but maybe tweaked a, was tweaked a bit. We also figured that from a 180 perspective, it should be 50 50, mm -hmm. uh, which is different to what we. we so just 50 50 split with the. Yeah, if, okay. you, yeah, if you're using deliver, we feel. Yeah, yeah I feel that. It's a candidate driven market more so now, and it's you can't do one without the other. They're both very valid career paths as well. And mm. I think the, the career frame we put together highlights that. And having that awareness 50 50 from the very get go, that you know, you don't, it's not an environment where. The business development consultants. I've seen those better as. Yeah, they just take yeah, the piss essentially. That's, that's what I think that's really changing today. at the moment. I've had a lot of interesting conversations on that. Of like, I think, yeah, like you were saying, like a 360 recruitment consultant wow. might have had the perception that they weren't as good. Mm. Uh, sorry, they were better, better than, yeah. better than. But I think, yeah, I think more and more modern recruitment companies are building delivery functions and delivery teams, and that needs to be seen as like just as good of a career opportunity for well, someone. Two very different skills, mm. like very very different skills in, that, in aspects, and I think it's having that that understanding that if you don't want to do the business side, you can still have a career with you us. Still have a career, and yeah. having that kind of get go. This is what that career would look like. This is what you would need to achieve, and then this is the commission structures for both. Yeah. So a couple of things as we come to the end here, then. So. Like on that, like just if you don't, if you don't mind sharing, because I've had a couple of questions about it. I've spoke to a lot of recruitment founders who have actually been really surprised by the starting base salary on when hiring people. I think it's it's just massively changed, yeah. right? Obviously inflation and obviously all these different things. But I think if you were to like when I started in recruitment, I think I was on like an 18k base and then like commission. And I was speaking to a guy the other day where he's interviewing like entry level people, grads or non grads, and they're they're asking for like 25, 28 grand as a base. And some people are like fucking hell, like <laughs> how have we got to this point? So would you mind sharing like how when you said sal salary bandings, how did you think about that? That was fair. Obviously you guys are based in Essex, aren't you? Yeah. How did you think about that? Well, we um, we recruited into our last companies anyway, so we had a kind of a, an, an understanding idea. of what it would be. Speaking to those rec directs, is it going to be the best on market? Probably not. We mm. obviously can always evaluate. We haven't really had the opportunity to test it Fair. because yeah. the the person that we actually hired into delivery, um, she worked at the cafe around the corner. Yeah, and it wasn't. We didn't hire her based on her recruitment experience. We hired her based on her culture. We felt that she could be a good match. She was looking, we were hiring, mm. and that's like, we, we didn't have to have to test it yeah, fair too enough. much. I think that's, um, in terms of like salary expectation, I think that's something that we will constantly look at. I look think at, one yeah. of the things that Robbie we was frustrated about before was they didn't move with the times. I think for us, we just have to keep looking at the market mm. and you know what we Being looked aware. at nine months ago when we created the progression plan might be different now. Yeah. So it's something that, yeah, it's definitely something we need to keep 
keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, we tell our clients to look at the data from the market and we yeah. will do the same. Yeah. But mm. where we haven't had the chance to test it against the market because we're not going to market to find a recruiter, it, yeah. Mm. We might be well off, we don't know. Yet. I also I don't think, think the, so. the kind of, um, yeah, the salaries you mentioned are probably more grads in London. Yeah. Um, maybe Chelmsford as well, I guess, but that's not, yeah, for us, it's, I think we pay fair for, for the area that we're, we're in essentially because we ain't got the travel costs and that kind of thing as well. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. So, Carl, I want to make sure, obviously, I ask this question then before we finish. Oh, Eden, I'll come to you first. Obviously, people are always interested to know. Knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Like if you were to start this over. So what, we'll, we'll, go around, we'll go around and see what comes up. But like for you personally, from what you've learned, what, what would you do differently if we were to start this journey again? I know it's exceeded expectations, there's been challenges, it's gone yeah. well, but what do you think maybe you would do differently? Breathe a bit more. <laughs> Just take a step back. Hmm. Like, because um, there, there's periods of time, although like the months are going well, like there's still those moments of like, oh shit, it's yeah. all going to come crashing out. It's not. Like, we're stable, we're okay, you're mm. okay. And it took a long time to realise that, and I still haven't realised it fully yet. Mm. So I think if I was going to go start from the very beginning, I'll just try and enjoy it. I mean, I've loved it, but I'll try and enjoy it just a little bit, a bit more. more. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, because you out of the month, that you still get those days where you just like... Yeah, you have wake, wobblies. Like waking up in the morning. Wobblies. I, yeah, I think just try and enjoy it as much as you can, mm. because the lights are still on. I, think, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have found this, but on that... Like I personally, with my own journey, I like for me, I listen to like constructive feedback and where we can improve way more than like positive feedback. So yeah. if I have someone say to me, "Oh, this is great, like you've created this, blah blah blah," but then they say, "I bit like have you? I think you could do this better," or like, "Have you thought about this?" Like when I then remember that conversation, that's way more loud, and I remember that more than the like good things that yeah. I've done. So don't like I've, I'm terrible at like patting myself on the back. Mm. But I think that's because I mean? we have the three of us and yeah. if it was those those first three months were awful because although they were there saying, you're doing okay, you're doing mm. good, like I, I could only share my own success. Whereas mm. now it's the three of us, I'm having a shit day, these two are smashing it, I feed off of that, that can bring them, up, and it yeah. brings you back up the next day. Yeah, that's fair. Having that dynamic, it's it's a lot more. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm feeling the exact same. I always take the the negative or the like the, like the things you can, yeah. You're always looking yeah. at what you can. Yeah, I think that's a, I don't think that's a bad thing though. I I believe the good things look after themselves, mm. and then the bad things you need to take note of. Yeah. So I always believe in that anyway. So what what would you make, and what comes up for you, Mark, on maybe approaching things differently or looking back on this journey so um, far? I've probably spoke to a few more people. Before I started, you know, I knew about recruitment. I knew yeah. about how to do a process, knew how to do everything pretty much. More about that business side. You know, we were speaking to my auntie who owns a agency, but I would have spoke to a lot more people in the market, mm. be a bit more out there, finding out what the problem challenges. I feel like we've done a lot of surface level, maybe done a bit more homework on the finance side, how yeah. to, you know, set up people on PAYE uh, instead of waiting until the problem come and then then doing it. So yeah, I would have done a little bit, although we've done a lot of homework, <laughs> research, meetings, like towards building a business, it was more that stuff that I wasn't aware that of. self-education. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, if I did it again, I would have invested that four months a bit more before, yeah. uh, into speaking to more people. And I think just on that, I've definitely experienced it. I don't know if you have, but like, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to help yeah. mm. when you ask as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Especially if you're speaking to other business owners because they've been in your shoes. Mm. Jodie, what about you? What comes up for you? Anything that you'd um, do differently maybe? Probably you'll get the same technology <laughs> and furniture. We're yeah. a typical startup in that sense. So I think now that's something that's probably going to cost us going into future years when we start to yeah, make everything the same. And also maybe look at more automation tools. I know there's an expense to that as well, but I think that's something that can actually save your time. I mean, one of the best things I think we've done was was bringing on Vicky, which has helped take away some of the like administrative tasks, which has allowed us to do more selling. And I think that's maybe another way that we could have done that or at least researched about it to, yeah. to do. Yeah, I think they're probably the two two things that I would be looking at now for the next. I love that. So let's just go around one last time then and we'll finish there. But back to you then, Jodie. What, like people listening that are considering taking the leap, maybe been on a similar journey to you before you started this business, has got a, a good amount of experience, maybe worked in a few different companies, always like the idea of starting their own, but maybe, as you said, like really maybe play up too much, like all the stuff they don't know, like the HR finance marketing that could mean that they weren't capable. What would be your advice for those people considering taking the leap? Just do it. <laughs> Just go yeah. for it. I think 
yeah, like I've seen, obviously some people do set up and think, you know, it's it's boring on my own or I've, I've not got the same passion. It's not the same when you're doing a deal. And I think maybe like, yeah, somebody, not just anybody that, that's doing well in the company, but somebody that you actually trust, partner with them and, and do mm. it. Just go for it. Because I think you can you can learn along the way as long as you're still open to learn and don't think, you know, you, you kind of know it all. Yeah, just go for it, really. I think for me, like you were saying, I don't really get stressed, but... I'm quite stubborn, so my, <laughs> my head won't be stressed, but my body, like, I'll have, yeah. like, I'll feel, like, stomach problems and things mm. like that, so I get it in a, in a kind of different way. So, yeah, I think just maybe take a step back when you when you think you're, you're not capable and revisit it and, and go again. It's, it's like anything. You've just got to be consistent with it. So. Nice. Mark, what about you? Um, advice? Yeah, I think the biggest advice is are you ready to own your own business? Mm. Like, if you asked me five years ago, I wasn't ready. Mm. I, I, I could do the job, but I wasn't ready on a personal level. So I think being ready, being financially stable is probably the two main points. And mm. then the rest, you can do the job. It's, you're just working for a different brand. That's not the problem. It's more the fact, are you ready to take on that whole responsibility? And are you ready in, in your personal life, for example, to take it on? Mm. Eden, what comes up for oh, you? I mean, I, th I think they both said it all, but just do it. If mm. you if you've yeah. got that that thought process in your head that I might want to do it, I think I could do it. You're never ever going to work the same again because that's always going to be in your head. Even mm. if you stay at the same company for another six months or move, it's always going to be there that you want to try it, and you might as well. Yeah, you're only going to let yourself down otherwise. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember, like I think in those moments, like what is the worst case scenario? Exactly. Let's be honest. Like you yeah, can get, a, you can become employed again, but you're going to be way more comfortable with that decision if you know you've given it a real crap, especially in recruitment. Well done on making it to the very end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career. Like always, if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. The best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Send me a message. What would you love me to cover with future guests? If you have enjoyed the podcast, then it would be amazing if you could leave a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform that will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast i hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms and we'll be back next week with a new episode of the recruitment mentors podcast